Hello. Welcome. You're probably wondering, hey, Joe, where's the theme song? I love the theme song. The theme song is the favorite part of the show. The part of the show that you have nothing to do with is my favorite part of the show. Where's the theme song? Slow down, okay? Don't worry. The theme song's coming. The theme song's coming. But for right now, it's just me. I'm sitting here with my old setup at my house, my old mic, the way we used to do things. So sorry if the audio is not up to standard. I know we've had nothing but audio issues the last few weeks. And I believe in the episode, uh, Joe's mic is still not fixed. But we're going to try to do that for you guys. But uh, this is not the show. This is the intro to the show. Uh, We recorded the show uh, last week, Thursday, because Joe and I were both busy uh, with other things during the weekend. And of course, during the weekend, there was an absolute flurry of news in the NFL. One big news uh, item in particular, and I didn't want to have an episode and not talk about the big news and as well as other smaller news that also happened. So you're going to get a little bit of a of a just Joe, just the host Joe here at the beginning of the podcast. I hope you guys are okay with that. And then we'll jump right into the regular show. We're going to have a lot of great banter at the beginning, get into the news. We're going to talk about uh, my top five favorite tight ends going into the 2020 NFL season. But before we get into that, let's get into some of the news that we missed on the original recording of the show. I apologize for any echoing issues that we're going to have during the opening part here of the podcast. I'm not recording in the greatest of recording spots. I'm doing it quite rushed as uh, we're trying to get the show out uh, before Tuesday. I'm recording this on Monday uh, evening, Monday night, late night actually. Um, So we're kind of just trying to get this out. Joe already has the whole show edited. I'm trying to fit this in before uh, it goes up Tuesday morning. But first up uh, in the news that we missed during the weekend, we had Chiefs guard uh, Loren Duvernay-Tardif uh, one of the few Canadians in the NFL actually is the first uh, NFL player to officially announce that he's opting out of the 2020 NFL season. He's decided not to play due to the COVID uh, pandemic. Uh, as a lot of you probably know, uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif uh, actually has a medical degree. He is he is a doctor, so he's decided um, instead of playing the 2020 uh, NFL season, he's going to stay in Canada where he's from. Uh, and he's going to work on the front lines uh, to help uh, solve the COVID-19 pandemic and to help uh, people affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So hats off to you, Loren. Uh, obviously, it's a really tough decision. You're giving up millions and millions of dollars. Um, the NFL announced that if you're not playing, you're not getting paid this year. That's just how it's going to be. And so, he, he, you know, he's making a sacrifice, although he's made millions of dollars at this point anyways. Uh, but all, all that being said, uh, hats off to you. Uh, he's fighting on the front lines, trying to defeat the, the fantastic virus that's destroyed sports and everything else. Uh, so hats off to you, Loren. And then next up, we had the NFL and the NFLPA actually agreeing to terms uh, on, on a, a, a CBA that will work for the 2020 uh, NFL season. They've decided... 
they've agreed upon changes to the CBA for the 2020 NFL uh, season. It's going to move forward as scheduled. Um, as we're recording this uh, earlier in the day, teams did have players coming into their facilities and, and training camp is expected to move forward as scheduled on July 28th, which will be the day that this podcast is uploaded. So obviously that's really exciting. We do talk about in the podcast or I talk about how I'm not sure if uh, training camp will move forward as scheduled, but it is now confirmed that training camp will move forward as scheduled. Obviously it will be a little bit different uh, than we usually have because of the pandemic, but it is exciting to see that training camp is going to get started and we're going to get closer to an actual football season. Um, there is some discouraging news as far as other sports go. Uh, in baseball, the Miami Marlins had to cancel their home opener because of a COVID-19 outbreak on the team. So that's a little bit discouraging, and it feels like <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, discouraging news as far as COVID and sports go, as far as COVID in general. Uh, but we're hoping, obviously still hoping, that the NFL season will go off uh, without a huge hitch. There will be hitches. It's going to be, there's going to be difficulties, obviously. Uh, but it would be nice to get back to somewhat normalcy and have NFL football. Obviously, as somebody who just started an NFL football podcast, uh, I would love to have football to talk about on the podcast. Next up in the news, the big news, the big trade that everybody was talking about, the big trade that everybody was waiting to go down. Uh, it finally happened. The Miami Dolphins traded for tight end Adam Shaheen from the Bears for a conditional 2021 uh, sixth round pick. There it is, folks. The big trade we've all been waiting for. Uh, no, obviously I'm kidding. This is not the trade that everybody was waiting for. This is a trade that went down. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Adam Shaheen. Uh, the guy's caught 26 passes in three seasons with Chicago. I talked about uh, a few podcasts ago how fantastic of a bust he's been uh, since coming in the NFL. But yeah, the Dolphins trade for him. He might not even make the roster. But uh, I should stop playing around and just jump into the actual big trade that everybody was talking about. The big trade that went down uh, this weekend. And that was Jamal Adams being traded to the Seattle Seahawks along with a fourth round pick in 2022 in exchange for safety Bradley McDougal and two first round picks in 2022 and 2021 along with a third round pick in 2021 so a huge deal huge compensation for a safety um, this was this was quite a surprise quite a shock uh, it was I was kind of expecting Jamal Adams to go uh, and at least report to Jets training camp. I, I expected him to be traded eventually. I didn't expect it to happen now, uh, obviously. I, this is why we recorded the podcast early, but um, he was traded uh, to the Seattle Seahawks, and this is huge compensation. This is this is big. I mean, the Seahawks never pick in the first round anyways, so what's the use of even having first-round picks? So they get rid of two first-round picks, and they get a potential new Earl Thomas on their defense. I mean, arguably... Uh, Jamal Adams is the best safety in the NFL. We'll get into that uh, on my top five safeties podcast coming up uh, later on this week, I believe. Uh, but he's arguably one of the best safeties in the league. So you're getting a, a fantastic quarterback of your defense. Uh, I, I love this trade for the Seattle Seahawks. Like I said, they don't pick in the first round ever anyways. And when they do, 
Uh, it's not often a, a great pick. We've seen them pick a lot of busts, a lot of not very productive players in the first round. So to get one of the best safeties in the NFL to come there on that defense that's that's lost a lot of talent. The defense is not what it used to be back when it was the Legion of Boom. Uh, it, it's lost a lot of talent. It's not what it used to be. And now you get a fantastic player to come in there and be the centerpiece really of that defense, that young defense. Uh, he, he joins a young and up-and-coming secondary there. And, and, it, and as far as the Seahawks go, I mean, you're, you, they're, they're playing to win now. I mean, they have, they have one of, if not the best quarterback in the NFL, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen uh, in the last decade, uh, Russell Wilson. They're trying to do everything they can uh, with their Super Bowl window to go out and win another Super Bowl. They haven't been able to get back since losing uh, to the New England Patriots in heartbreaking fashion. Um, but I, I love the move for the Seahawks. I mean, it is big compensation. I thought it was ridiculous when when uh, last year the Steelers traded a first a one first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick at the safety position. It seems to sort of overvalue the safety position. Uh, and, and in this instance, you're giving up uh, two first-round picks, a starting safety, Bradley McDougal, who's not a bad safety. He's a decent starting safety. Uh, he'll, he, I think he'll be a decent player there uh, in New York. You're also giving up a third-round pick for a safety. And, and you know, uh, overall, obviously, Jamal Adams is, is projected to be a better safety than a, a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, he's been more produ- productive every year than Minka Fitzpatrick has been. Uh, so you're getting a really fantastically productive player, an all-pro level player, uh, a, a guy who's going to to produce, and a hungry guy, a, a, a guy who loves football. So I think he'll fit right in there in Seattle. And, and as far as, as this trade goes uh, with the Jets, I understand you had to do it. I mean, uh, you had this week Jamal Adams come out and just talk a load of crap about Adam Gase, about Joe Douglas. I mean, he was just really unleashing on them. Uh, and and I don't know how you can keep a guy on your team after he talked that much crap about uh, your general manager and your head coach. Uh, so uh, you, you had to trade. Uh, and to me, if I'm a Jets fan, I understand you got great compensation. And now you have all these flashy first round picks uh, to talk about. And you have that to look forward to. But I'm a little discouraged. I mean... Uh, I, I don't understand some people talking the Jets up as a potential playoff contender this upcoming season because, quite frankly, I don't see where that comes from. Uh, th- this, this roster is not talented. There's not enough talent on this roster to for me to even consider them being a playoff team. I realize the AFC East is not a good division, and you could probably go 9-7 and seven and win that division in this upcoming season. But their schedule this year for the Jets is not going to be as easy as it was last year. Last year, the AFC East had a cupcake schedule. You had a team like the Dolphins who was tanking. You had them win six games. You had the Jets win seven games when they were not a a seven-win team. They were not good enough to win seven games. You had the Patriots winning uh, uh, double-digit wins when they were not not a double-digit win team. I mean, they had a cupcake schedule this year. The AFC East has the hardest schedule out of any division in football this upcoming season. So to me, I don't see it with the Jets. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think there's any chance. I try not to get uh, too, uh, you know, fired up or, or hating on a team. And that's not what I'm doing here. I just, I'm being realistic. Uh, as far as the future goes, you can look forward to 
to to to potentially building a team but that's what this team is doing right now they are a rebuilding team and you cannot convince me otherwise people want to hype up sam darnold and say he's going to carry this roster he's going to he's going to carry this roster to a playoff spot he's going to carry this roster to a division title i don't see that happening i don't know what he's done in his career for people to think that he's all of a sudden going to come in and carry a talent poor roster i'm not saying sam darnold's not good i'm not saying that sam darnold can't uh, develop into a franchise quarterback. I think he has all the tools to do that. But up up till this point, has he really shown enough to 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 show us that he's going to take this roster with a with a bad O line with no receivers, essentially no receivers? You're expecting a lot out of a rookie second round pick in Denzel Mims. I mean, there, there there's so few talent on this team, uh, and. And now you lost a, a huge part of your defense. I, the defense is probably going to be the strong suit of this team, but you lost the leader of the defense, the best player on your defense. And the offense, I still think, is is talent poor. You have Le'Veon Bell. Hopefully he can become uh, somewhat his former self uh, this upcoming season. He was nothing like he was uh, in Pittsburgh last year in New York. You hope that he can get uh, back to some semblance of what he used to be during his dominant days in Pittsburgh. But, um, I mean, and speaking of Le'Veon Bell, he, he also tweeted this week uh, that he was upset over, over Jamal Adams uh, begging Le'Veon Bell to come to New York and be a part of the team. And then, and then he leaves. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is stuck in New York now. And, and I found a way... You know, this is, I found a way to relate to this. This is sort of like uh, in the eighth grade, uh, I was going into high school and me and my friend, one of my friends, we were picking courses and picking things that we wanted to do in high school as far as extracurricular things go. And uh, my friend and I, we were, we were in the band in middle school. We both played the trumpet. Uh, we were pretty good at it. And, and I, I convinced him to join the band in high school we were going to play trumpet uh we were going to be in the band and then uh i was talking to some girls in my grade and they they told me that only losers were part of the band in high school so i quick very quickly being the weak-minded little boy that i was in the eighth grade changed my mind took that off my sheet and i did not join the band but i did not tell my friend and my friend ended up being in the band by himself uh, in high school without me this kind of you know this is kind of how uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell probably feels right now I am the Jamal Adams of this scenario uh, you know I'm sorry my friend that I did this to I won't say your name uh, on the podcast but I apologize and you know I think Le'Veon Bell deserves an apology Jamal Adams how did you make him come and join the band and then you left and now you're he's stuck in the band and and you left just because the girls told you to. Joe, why did you do that? You didn't get girls in high school anyways. Why didn't you just join the band? You would have been would have had something to do in high school instead of being a, a sad, lonely little boy. Uh, but this is getting a little bit personal now. Uh, but the Jamal Adams trade, uh, like I said, I think in the end, it could end up being good for both teams. Uh, Seattle's gonna gonna contend this year. They're gonna be a playoff contender. Uh, New York Jets will not. 
I, I don't think they're a contending team. I think they're a rebuilding team. I think this is going to be Adam Gase's last year, unless he does something phenomenal. You guys know how I feel about Adam Gase. I think he's a terrible head coach. I think he should have never gotten a second job. He probably should have never gotten a first job. What has he shown in his career to, for us to believe that he's going to turn things around in New York uh, when it seems like everywhere he goes, uh, all his players have nothing but negative things to say about him. So to me, uh, I think these, these picks will come in handy for the New York Jets. Uh, when they fire Adam Gase after this season and they start rebuilding, hopefully around Sam Darnold for their sake. If not, there's some pretty good quarterbacks in this year's draft class as well. But uh, that kind of wraps up all the news that we missed uh, during this week's episode. So without further ado, why don't we just jump straight into the actual podcast. Hit the theme song, Joe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Uh, I'm here uh, with my producer, Joe Teeson. How's it going, Joe? It's going well today, Joe. Very good. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are up in this makeshift studio that we have here. We kind of, we moved for like the millionth time to a different <laughs> location to record our podcast. I we're, think this one will stick. I think this, this is, is nice. This is really nice. I, 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 we're sitting at an actual table this time with our laptops, and you have headphones on. Everything looks very, very professional. We still don't have mic stands, so that's still a thing. But uh, and your laptop just made noise. So very unprofessional. Yeah, very unprofessional. But you know, we're we're, we're getting closer to at least acting like we're professional podcasters. <laughs> But th- yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, you know, I'm, Terrell Owens liked my, my liked my tweet. Yeah, Terrell Owens liked my tweet. I'm tired of being humble. Who's that? Oh, good. Uh, Terrell Owens. Let me look him up. If you know anything about football, you know T.O. T.O. Terrell Owens. Yeah. He liked your tweet. He liked my tweet. I'm not gonna tell you what tweeted tweet it is uh, on on the yeah, podcast because you gotta look up look up my Twitter to find out. At Average Joe Show. Wow, Look it up. The first thing that popped up. First thing that popped Don't say it, though. Okay. T.O. liked it. He didn't retweet it, so, you know, still striving towards something. I have two followers, and I'm following two people Ooh, on Twitter. Ooh, so. you almost have as much as followers as I have. I got, yeah. But, listen, Terrell Owens, you know, Hall of Fame wide receiver, 1.4 million followers. Wow. On Twitter. He's yeah. Li- he's listening to your show. Right <laughs> I, I, this one, the one that we're recording right now, he's listening to it. He's actually here with us on our Facebook call. <laughs> T.O., <laughs> how's it going, man? Uh, no, no, T.O. is not here. Sorry to break it to you, but he did like my tweet. That part's not a lie. Um, it, does it make me a big celebrity? Yes. That's okay. You know, Joe, you can, yeah, you found it. It's a real thing. Terrell Owens liked my tweet. Uh, I've been tweeting fire lately. Please follow me. <laughs> please, please follow me <laughs> on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, uh, underscore average Joe show. I promise I won't let you down. Follow me. And if you're listening to this on whatever podcast site you're listening to, it, hit that subscribe button. Smash, that smash like that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to rate and review. Ratings mean a lot. 
downloads mean a lot. Please download the podcast. I would appreciate it so much. For those of you that continue to listen to this week in and week out, I appreciate you. I really do. And uh, this week, I've really been uh, I've been really thinking about social media and uh, how much I I'm very very bad with social. Like for the most part, I don't like social media. I'm not a big. But I'm, I'm also not a person that's like, oh, I'm deleting all my social media. And, you know, I'm not one of those guys. But I'm just bad at social media. You know, and and it was it's probably something that I wouldn't be concerned about if I didn't have a podcast that I'm trying to to grow, you know. But now it's like I kind of have to use it because it's it's the most important tool to to growing yeah. a podcast. And that's the thing. Like yeah. If you're if you're planning on starting something one day and planning on starting a business yeah. or whatever, you have to have some kind of social media presence. Yeah. Prior to exactly that, you know, so it's kind of. Yeah. And I scrapped that whole yeah. idea when I started this pod. I don't have any. Uh, social media following really yeah. you know and i just started this thing so it's it's followers. a good 200 and that number very much goes down and goes up day by day <laughs> you know i think people are messing with me i know you've messed with me a few times on that yeah i did yeah i had a total of 200 followers on instagram when i started this podcast still have that many around that many who knows how many facebook friends i have didn't go on facebook for months until i started this podcast back on that that's a toxic website. Holy smokes. Facebook is the worst. Facebook is the worst. the worst. Oh my goodness gracious. It's the worst. Uh, everything you read on Facebook is real news. Oh, absolutely real news. <laughs> it's all terrible. Any, any, any picture you see that's terribly cropped out and like they didn't crop out the way it should have been. Absolutely real. Yes. Absolutely real. The mm. only fake news is anything not on Facebook. The only fake news is Fox News. Fox News. I, have no, I mean, I actually, I'm news. sure a lot of people on Facebook would love Fox News. I have no idea. Shout goes out to you, all my families. <laughs> no, but, you know, I love my family. And they, you know, they do a good job spreading my podcast around. And I appreciate that. But as far as social media goes, I'm trying, trying my best to be social media savvy. I ask my wife for a lot of advice. She's constantly telling me, hashtag, hashtag, use these hashtags. You got to post, you got to... Get in there, like other algorithm. people's stuff. Al- yeah, mess with the algorithm. She's like, hey, you got to comment on other people's podcasts. You got to support other people's podcasts. You got to do all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, that's all great. And I just, I, I can't wait until the day when I have enough followers to, in this day, will come. This is not a matter of if. This is a matter of when, mm-hmm. you know. Or else, why are we even doing this? You know, exactly. I can't wait till I have enough followers to no longer use hashtags. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing cooler to me than a nice, neat tweet with no, hash- no, ha- no hashtags. You, you know, a lot of no people hashtags. do. They put their their hashtags in the comments. Oh, see, learning something new. Yeah. Again. So then you're everything looks nice, and you can look in the comments. God, that's so up. smart. People do that on Instagram all the time. Yeah. And I never why. see that. Idiot unbelievable that's such a good idea i just i i'm the type of person i like to have something like really nice uniform things when i'm typing Mm -hmm. something out i like to be nice yeah look clean sleek and then you just ruin it with a stupid hashtag i just i I can't wait till i get to the point where i don't have to do that anymore so please download the podcast so i don't have to for my unbelievably squeaky chair i just realized that's fine don't worry about it sorry for the mic as well his mic is probably still Still bad. Still bad. We still haven't fixed it. Uh, hopefully next week it'll be fixed. Right, Joe? Next week? 
Yeah, I'll try my my. Well, darndest. it can be a team effort as well. We'll have to fix it together. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully that doesn't uh, you know steer you away from listening to the podcast. We're gonna get it fixed. We're gonna try to keep you entertained. Um, but yeah, any anything else, uh, Joe? You have to say before we jump into the news. Anything? Anything to plug this week? Anything to plug this week? Yeah, I'm starting my own baking uh, Instagram. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm trying to take over your wife's thing. Oh. Not take it over, but like get bigger than it. Okay. All right. Well, before we get into that, follow my wife, her baking page at Sweet Caroline Confections. She's just blowing me out of the water as far as clout goes. She's yeah. really, her page is blowing up. Uh, mine is, you know, we're slow. Slow and steady wins the race, though. Basically, our marriage has now become a competition of who uh, can get the most clout and popularity on social media. And she's very much winning. She's it's not even close. Yes. She was already better than me before we started this race. And now it's not really much of a competition at this point. Yeah, Joe, uh, <laughs> 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 you, you, do you want to talk about your, your so-called baking page that you're making? No, it's in the works. Oh, it's in the works. <laughs> We're in the studio right now. Another episode. Yeah, next episode. Okay, that's fine. That's good. That's good. So why don't we just jump straight into the news? All right, first up in the news, we have more COVID-19 updates. Hit that air horn, Joe. <laughs> Woo! I love updating you on COVID. Uh, you know, just so great. It's nothing but discouraging news every time. First up, we have the preseason being completely canceled now. Uh, at first, they just canceled the Hall of Fame game, and then they canceled half the preseason, and then it looked like there were going to be one preseason game, and now there's going to be no preseason games. And for you know the casual viewer, this might be a good thing. You're thinking, okay, no pointless games, no games where you know the score doesn't matter, and you know that makes sense for for viewership purposes. Not having a preseason, great. You know, you don't, you don't have to watch games that don't matter. The great thing about the NFL is that there's only 16 games and every game means a lot you only have 16 games it's not an 82 game season like in the nba it's not a 162 how 160 something 100 something games in the mlb don't even get me started on that the games in the nfl matter and why would we have games that don't matter in the nfl and you know, that makes sense from, like I said, from a casual viewing standpoint. But as far as the actual players uh, playing, this this hinders guys on the bottom of the roster, undrafted guys, guys who are trying to make the team. The preseason is the time for them to shine. I mean, we've seen people throughout uh, the NFL's history make a name for themselves in the preseason. Off the top of my head, I can remember Victor Cruz uh, of the New York Giants had a huge preseason uh, back probably it's probably close to a decade ago holy smokes but he had an incredible preseason that turned into a very good uh a very you know respectable NFL career uh and that that was that was something that happened in the preseason and that you know the fact that we're not going to have a preseason takes away from guys like that and they're also making the the training camp rosters down to they're cutting it down to 80 people instead of the the regular number which i believe is in the 90s you probably know that number before I come on the podcast, but I didn't forgot to write it down. So they're cutting down the size of the rosters as well. And for, like I said, for veteran teams, for veteran players, you know, for a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, this doesn't affect them very much. You know, they're Super Bowl champs. They have they're bringing back most of their roster. Uh, most of the starters are coming back. You have a veteran team, 
But for teams like uh, teams like the Miami Dolphins, teams like the Cincinnati Bengals, teams that are young young players, uh, and you know they they have a ton of draft picks, a ton of new free agents coming in. They don't have that time to 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 sort of meld, to sort of uh, you know get, build that chemistry and and just learn the playbook, learn how to play with each other. And that's why I think like. Uh, as far as like the Dolphins go, I don't think we'll see Tua Tonga-Wailoa very early in the season unless he absolutely does something spectacular during training camp, which we're not even sure when training camp is happening at this point. Uh, unless he does something absolutely spectacular and 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 blows the, the Dolphins coaching staff out of the water, he's probably not going to start early. It'll probably be later in the season, if not next season. And for a guy like Joe Burrow, the rookie quarterback there in Cincinnati, it's going to be harder for him to to you know come in and make an instant instant impact. I know he's been basically reading the the Bengals playbook since before he was drafted, but not having a preseason, not potentially having a full training camp. Like I said, we don't know what's going on with training camp at this point. Uh, you know that's going to hinder young teams like that. And and as far as is the training camp thing goes and the uncertainty, uh, the players this week came out. On, on Twitter and on social medias and, and kind of called out the NFL. There was many, many players, including J.J. Watt uh, and, and big-name players like that, calling out uh, the NFL. And uh, Russell Wilson said something on Twitter as well, basically saying, hey, we don't even know what's going on right now. We, the NFL has been not very transparent whatsoever about what's going to happen uh, during the season with the COVID pandemic. They've, been very, they've kept the players pretty much in the dark which is probably not a good thing to do with an epidemic. Um, pandemic? Epidemic? Which one is it? Pandemic? Okay. Pan- is it pandemic? Which one's worse? Yeah, I want to confirm that it's a pandemic. Pandemic? An epidemic Ep- is... Um, I should know this by now. It's been months that we're in this pandemic. Because it, it was an epidemic at uh, first. And then it was... In, to me, so the, here's... Mm. An epidemic is a disease that affects a large number of people within a community, population, or region. A pandemic is an epidemic that spreads over multiple countries and uh, continents. Okay. An endemic is uh. something that belongs to a particular people or country. Okay. And you know, you think I would know that over months of the coronavirus. But to me, epidemic sounds like an epic pandemic. So shouldn't that be, you know, that's kind of where I'm coming from with that. Anyways, basically the players are mad. Because the NFL is not being transparent about the pandemic, uh, and that's totally understandable. If imagine going into work and you have no clue what's really going on, like how how is my company going to protect me from this uh, from this pandemic? How am I going to be protected? How's my family going to pr- be protected? I mean, these guys are traveling all over the country, and you know, Joe and I were talking about it before the podcast. This it's really really not looking good for the C. I, at this point, I would not be shocked if the NFL season is delayed or even canceled at this point. Maybe maybe pushed back a few months. As much as it sucks to say, it's, I wouldn't be shocked. It seems like things are just trending in a, in a bad direction. We're just canceling more and more and more things, uh, you know, and it's, it's not fun. It's not encouraging. But Terrell Owens liked my tweet on Twitter, so and that's all that. And matters. that's all that really matters, T.O. Thank you for that, T.O. It's people like him that are keeping the world go around. You that know, is, that's true. The team needs to play well. Keeping the spirits up. Well, he doesn't play anymore. He's retired. Okay. Uh, yeah, he retired. He's in the Hall of Fame now. Oh. He played for 
Ooh, this would be a good trivia question. Name all the teams he played for. Uh, so he played for the 49ers, played for the Cowboys, played for the Bills, played for the Bengals, and for the Eagles. I believe that's all of them. Five. I know, you know he was on the during the preseason. He was on the Seahawks. I think at one point. I don't think he ever played a game there. I think I got all the teams. Yeah, he played uh, for a lot of teams. Impressive. He was like a big diva wide receiver, like but one of the best wide receivers ever. Um, but obviously, if you're a football fan, you're listening to the podcast. You already know that. Uh, but shout I sure out, did. Yeah, Joe did. He was just testing you guys. Yes. Also, back to the pandemic. Fifty-nine players. It was confirmed this this week have uh, been uh, diagnosed positive with the coronavirus. 59 players. Uh, it was originally reported as 95 players. And then they... Is that just a typo? Uh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. It's just, there, apparently, it was not a typo. Apparently, yeah, right. they, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. I think they were embarrassed. It was a typo or somebody read it wrong. Give someone, me a break. Someone slipped up and yeah. just doesn't want to come yeah. forward and admit it. Give me a that's break. That's okay. We're human. Yeah. Okay. They tried to backtrack. They're like, oh, no, we accidentally included trainers and coaches. And, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> just just own it. You know, it, I mean, if, if, you were, if it was a typo and you want to cover it up, make the number different. Even if you have to lie <laughs> about how many players have been diagnosed with COVID. Mm-hmm. Just say, hey, 60 of them. 60 of, of them were, were diagnosed. And that way nobody's going to question it. But now... It goes from 95 to 59. Yeah. yeah come on. Who are you trying to, oops. oops. Who are you trying to fool here? Give me a break. Don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I lo- yes, that that's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know if that fits here. I, I love so. that saying. That is great. Absolutely, NFL. <laughs> don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Don't tell me that wasn't a typo. Yeah. Don't tell me you didn't have somebody with dyslexia read that and type it into the computer. <laughs> something i would do next up in the news we have mike zimmer the head coach of the uh minnesota vikings he's been with the vikings for the last seven seasons he's got a 57 38 and one record uh two and three record in the postseason he signed a multi-year contract extension to stay in minnesota for multiple years um obviously i, I think this is a good signing mike zimmer has been one of the most underrated coaches uh, in the NFL, uh, he's he's been fairly successful. Obviously, postseason success hasn't quite been there. Two wins, three losses. I think he's gonna he's gonna need to start improving uh, in that aspect if he wants to have another contract extension uh, after this one is up. But but overall, I, I think this is a good move. He's one of the better head coaches in the league, in my opinion. And he's just a trusty guy, some guy you can rely on and and trust that he's not gonna you know tear your organization down like like maybe a Bill O'Brien. Or or Chip Kelly did back with the with the Philadelphia Eagles. So Mike Zimmer stays around in Minnesota for a few more years at least, and uh, hopefully Minnesota can can be better than people. I think people are kind of low on Minnesota right now and in sleeping on them. Uh, I think they still could be a good team. They still have a veteran team with great chemistry. I still like Kirk Cousins, even though a lot of people don't. Uh, you know, I think they could be good this year, and and they'll have Mike Zimmer leading them into uh, this season. Next up in the news, we have Antonio Brown back up in the news. And I think I've decided until Antonio Brown signs with the team, this is going to be the last time I talk about him. Uh, I didn't have to talk about him today, so I guess I'm doing it to myself. But, uh, I'm, uh, I mean, the guy this week, apparently, so he posts some things on Twitter 
saying basically saying that he's retiring. He never said those words. Let me find the tweets. Uh, yeah, so the tweets are first tweet he sends out is uh, it says, "Is it time? Is it time to walk away?" No question mark. He just goes straight into the next part here. Uh, is it is it time to walk away? I done everything in the game. Question mark exclamation point exclamation point. But it's like, is it time to walk a walk away? I done and then it's that green check mark. I done green check mark everything in the game. Yeah. He's a, everything yeah. in the game. 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 He's asking a question while also yelling at us. So it's like, okay, what does that mean? Then his next one is, at this point, the risk is greater than the reward. Thank you, everyone, who've been part of this journey. I sincerely thank you for everything. Life goes on, 84. 84 was his number. Okay. So then he retires, apparently. Um but now he comes out a few days later and says, oh, no, he's not retiring. He wants to sign somewhere. He wants the NFL to, to deal with his potential, well, almost guaranteed suspension that he has coming. And so now this was the day, the day after he tweeted whatever that was that I just read. He says, yeah, no, I actually want to play. And now, like, I don't know, I, I think he'll get signed. And that's annoying. And we're not going to talk about him again until he gets signed. But I figured I would try to read those tweets. They would maybe be a... A source of entertainment. <laughs> I mean, Is he all right? I know. I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't know if I, I, I'm worried about him. Everybody's worried about Kanye uh, and if is he's bipolar or whatever. I'm worried about Antonio Brown. <laughs> I mean, that guy. Like, is it? Has he had many concussions? I, you, I don't know, man. He's got to be. And like, it's, it's just the way he talks is just. It's it's insane. I mean, go back and watch Hard Knocks. That was uh, that that was with the Raiders last year when all this crap was going on, and like just him talking. It's like what is going on with this guy? In his like, what could possibly be going on in his brain? And like the way he tweets and he talks, and it's like I I get how good he is. He's one of the best receivers we've ever seen in football ever. Like he's so inc- incredibly talented. But like, is it really worth bringing that guy onto your team when? He's he's essentially a ticking time bomb. Not even really a ticking time bomb. He's always exploding, mm. all the time. He's a constant explosion of everything, of emotions. So you know, Antonio Brown retires, then unretires. What to make of it? It's like when in the office when Michael when Michael Scott says, "I declare bankruptcy." <laughs> yeah, he's just screaming. Yeah, he's just <laughs> that's great. That's a good comparison. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Antonio Brown does his best. Michael Scott impression, declaring he retires, but then he doesn't actually retire. Finally, in the news, we have the Washington football franchise this week. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I've especially been waiting because I'm doing a power ranking series on my Instagram where I I go through and I rank every team before the season from 32 to 1. And spoiler alert, I'm at 30. (laughs) I'm two teams in. And I was waiting waiting patiently for Washington to reveal their new team name and their new team logo so I could post about it already. And this week they they came out and said uh, they haven't really decided yet and they're not going to decide before the season. I don't know what they've been doing this whole time. They're not going to decide on a name. They're not going to change their name prior to the season. But instead this season they're going to be known as the Washington football team. Woo. Yes, the Washington football team. That's hilarious. That's great. I mean, you know, Points for originality. They're basically just going to use the same uniforms 
They're going to take away the logo and put the number on the side of the helmet, which I'm in big favor of. Love the number on the helmet. They're now only the second team to have their numbers on their helmet. Really cool. But, you know, maybe I I saw a tweet from Greg Rosenthal, who's part of the Around the NFL podcast, um, and he tweeted something about uh, basically saying that he feels like fans are going to all of a sudden get attached to this team name, the Washington football team, and they're not going to change it. And... You know, that could happen, maybe. It's something unique for sure. I mean, there's no other team in the NFL that doesn't have a mascot or doesn't have like a team name. It's just the Washington football team. Just their logo should just be a football. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the old pigskin. Yeah, just 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 the old pigskin, you know. Uh you know, this is something that they do in soccer, right? That's what F C stands for. So if you have a team called like the Toronto F C, that just means Toronto Football Club. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this is a thing that's going to move into uh, American sports, even though Toronto is technically an American thing. But, you know, they could be the first starting a trend, maybe. I, I don't think so, but you never know. You know, so a lot of name changes going on uh, this week The uh, and name reveals and stuff. This week, the Seattle hockey team. Seattle has an expansion team in the NHL coming mm-hmm. in, uh, in 2021. And they revealed the name of their team. Have you? Did you hear about what their team no. name is? Fantastic. I'm glad that I get to tell you this. Oh, I'm excited. Their now. team name, <laughs> drum roll please, very good, the Seattle Kraken. No Yeah. Way. The I Seattle can't. Kraken. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what a Kraken is? Um, are you, do you even know who I am? <laughs> I've watched all the Pirates as a kid. Yeah. Really? I play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. You're a nerd. I am a nerd of myself. Yeah, man, the Seattle Kraken. It's gonna be a real NHL team. I that's my new favorite team. Really? Hands down, dude. I, I love that name. I was not on board with it immediately. I love it. I hated it. I was like, oh, I hate that name. I heard for a while that that could be potentially be the name. I was like, there's no way they're gonna name their team that, but they did. And I really, I was like, oh, that sucks. But I'm kind of on board. Their yeah. logo is dope. Their oh, uniforms God. are dope. I mean, and I like Seattle as a idea. I like what they got going on there in Seattle. Um, you know, I, so I, I think I might have to cop a jersey. We might have to become Seattle um, Kraken fans. We should get like a, sw- a jersey to hang in our studio. Yes. A little Seattle Kraken jersey. That'd be incredible. Yeah, man. So we're all Whoa. in. Oh. So with all these, yeah, right? How good is that? Make sure if you're listening to the podcast, look up the Seattle Kraken jersey and their logo. It's super nice. Yeah. So my, good looking. That's my team. I love that. You know, So was not in love with it at first, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm all in. And that's why, you know, with all the name changes and all the name reveals, we've decided we're changing the name of the podcast from the Average Joe Football Show to the Average Joe Seattle Kraken show. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna bring you all things Seattle Kraken, or we could call it something like Kraken Open a Cold One, or yeah, you know, something like that. Kraken Open a Cold Joe. <laughs> Very good. Something like that. Uh, you know, so stay tuned for for merch and stuff like that. As far as that goes, we're gonna change the name. <laughs> but also, you know, this is still technically the average Joe football show. Um, and we always just talk about the NFL, but there's other football going on as well. Yeah. And this week, the uh, CFL team, the Edmonton Eskimos. Ever heard of them? Whoa. That's... Edmonton Eskimos? Yeah. They're the changing thing? their name. Good. Yeah. That's they're changing their name. The Edmonton Eskimos are changing their name. Haven't announced what they're going to change it to, I don't think. Uh, but, 
you know, I guess they're following suit with the the Washington franchise and they're cha- I, I I don't want to sound ignorant. I did not know until fairly recently that Eskimos was an offensive term. It's now it's in- Inuit, right? Inuit, maybe. As Canadians, I feel like we should know this. I but, know way more about American history than I do about well, Canadian history. That's fair. I think I'm probably the same way. But uh, yeah, I guess um, the the Edmonton CFL franchise is changing their name, following suit with the Washington Football franchise. You know, and all this talk about the CFL this week got me got me thinking, and and I've decided I'm going to add a new segment into the podcast. That's right, I'm dropping a new segment. I never told Joe about this. And it actually involves you, my guy. No way. Yeah. This segment is called, What Does Joe Know? This is basically a game show, Joe. And it's going to be, I'm going to test your knowledge of basic football. And and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask you one trivia question. You know, random episodes. You're not going to see it coming. Mm-hmm. And we're starting this week with a CFL-related question. Easy. The only rule is, I have the question has to be a question that I myself could very easily answer without looking it up, without uh, you know, I could just easily answer it because you know I'm not going to ask you a question like, oh, who was the Super Bowl MVP uh, in Super Bowl four? Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> you got it. You got who, it. Who was I thinking Insane. Of? Um, Joe Rogan. Joe Montana? Yes. Joe Namath? Yes. There's a lot of Joes in history of, of the NFL. <laughs> Joe Rogan, the the MVP of Super Bowl Four. No, I'm going to ask you a question that I, for sure, at the top of my head, would be able to do. And today's question is, is, is you know, it's a longer question, CFL-related. Basically... Uh, Joe, this is not the question. There goes a water bottle. This is not the question, but okay. do you know how many teams there are in the CFL? 32. Not even close. Really? <laughs> not even close. How many are there in the NFL? Uh, that's 32. There goes a potential that's trivia I question thought. I could have done in the future, but that, now it's gone. 32, yeah. Now there's uh, 12. Ooh, closer. Closer. Lower or higher? Hotter cold. Ooh. Mean, well, you're hotter. You're closer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 17. <laughs> mm, nope. You're, now you're colder. 10. Ooh, very good. 11. Mm-hmm. Nine teams. Nine teams in the CFL. Is that real? Really? There's really? nine CFL teams. Uh, and the CFL is still running. Most football leagues other than the NFL cannot run, but somehow, some way, the CFL perseveres. It really seemed like they would maybe die throughout COVID, and maybe they still will. Who knows? Oh, but as far as right now, they are still living. And basically, I'm gonna give you not I'm gonna give you ten names of CFL teams, and you have to tell me which one is not an actual CFL team. Oh, this is so How are you fun. feeling, Joe? Are you confident? Yeah. You're yeah. confident? I already gave you one if you were listening. So, if you were listening to the team that just changed their name, yes, you would know. So that basically gives you, that narrows it down. Them. I know a few of them. Okay. All right, I'm gonna read them all off. You can write them down, you can maybe just think about them, whatever you need. I can read them to you a few times, I'll okay? All right. This is, so I have, 10 names written okay. down. Yep. And if you get if you get this correct, you win the podcast this week. Yes. You're the winner of the podcast. I take over the page. Yeah, you're you're taking over everything. You're the winner. So here they go. Okay. First up, the Edmonton Eskimos. And oh. and just okay. Oh. Can I make a phone call? Can I take my phone call? What's the question? Uh, uh okay. Great. Uh one rule. Let me finish all of the names before you say anything. Oops. Okay. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's fine that you interrupted me. Whatever. It's just my show. Uh, but okay, I'm going to say all the names and then I can read them back a couple times. And you basically have to pick out the one that's not a real CFL team. Yeah. I made it up. Here we go. Edmonton Eskimos. The Calgary Stampeders. The Montreal Alouettes. The Niagara Stallions. The Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Ottawa Red Blacks. The, Sus- the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Toronto Argonauts. The BC British Columbia Lions. That's not their full name, but BC stands for British Columbia uh, the, for my non-Canadian listeners. And the final one, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, you know, do you need None me? Do you, hardly do, any of those sound do, real. Really? Yeah. I was really worried that you would just know them all. <laughs> that is really um, cause, ridiculous. Because I asked your brother this a similar question. If he could name like three CFL teams, I expected him to name none. He named more than I expected. I could name the Toronto Argonauts. Really? Okay. Favorite. Do you want me to read through them again? Uh, I, just the first five. First, okay, I'm going to read through all of them. I'm not going to read this. <laughs> there we go. I, you can't be that confident that you just know that the last five are real. Is, I definitely know it is. Whatever. 100%. Here we go. The Edmonton Eskimos. Yeah. The Calgary Stampeders. That's the fake one. You, you don't want that, me to that, read? That's, you're that's you're 100% confident the Calgary... Wait, you're starting to know. Sorry, keep going. The Montreal Alouettes. The Niagara Stallions. The Hamilton Tiger Cats or Tie Cats. The Ottawa Red Blacks. Okay. My final answer is that the fake team is... Ooh, whoa. Um, if you're listening at home and you know the answer... Uh, chime in. Yeah, call. chime in. Call, <laughs> in. <laughs> call, call in. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts with the answer. Number. Five-star review. Um, it's the Calgary Stampeders. Calgary Stampeders. Is that your the, final answer? Yes, because the, the Calgary Stampede is something that happens. My wife went to the Calgary yeah, Stampede. Yeah, the Calgary Stampede is a real thing. It's a big ago. rodeo that happens. And you are 100% incorrect. Son of a gun. The Calgary it's Stampeders. It's the, uh, the Calgary Stampeders are a real CFL team. They're actually my favorite, personal favorite CFL team. I'm serious. I cannot believe it. I would have figured that would have been one you would have known for sure. Alouettes? No, the Montreal Alouettes are real. Okay, l- let me is it, is it the podcast? let me have a little bit of fun here. Okay. So it's the Edmonton Eskimos, obviously, yes. are real. Yep. Calgary Stampeders, we've been over, they are real. Yep. The Montreal Alouettes are real. The Hamilton Tiger Cats are real. Really? Yeah, are real. Not that far away from us. Okay. The Ottawa Red Blacks, real. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders, real. Fun fact, in the CFL at one point, there was two teams named the Rough Riders. <laughs> the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Ottawa Rough Riders at one point. Here we go. The Toronto Argonauts. Imagine if that was the fake one, even though that's the one that you that's knew. the only one I No, knew. they're real. The really? BC Lions. That one sounds kind of fake. That sounds like one that I made up. Yeah. It's real. Oh, my God. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Absolutely real. Really? The fake one is the Niagara Stallions. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. Well, you didn't. That was you didn't though. Because you, well, there you go. The Niagara Stallions is a game is a team that I completely made up uh, out of the blue. Another fun fact about the CFL: the CFL is such a funny thing to me. So not only do they only have three downs instead of four downs, 
and like the whole game is different. They have 12 players on each side instead of 11. And you can also run up to the line of scrimmage if you're a receiver. Um, but also, they at one point tried to expand into the United States. What? I'm, I'm 100% serious. They tried to expand into the into the United States. And some, some of the names for the teams when they expanded into the United States. So I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. And um, so this was... Let's see when when was this expansion? The expan the United States expansion, 1993. So this was before either of us were born. Um, the league league admitted its first United States based franchise, the Sacramento Gold Miners. Oh God! Oof, <laughs> that's a mouthful. Uh, and then 94, they added the La- Las Vegas Posse. Las Vegas Posse, uh, and then they added the Baltimore Stallions. Which oh. is where I derived my fake name oh. from, Baltimore Stallions. Then they had the the Shreveport Pirates. <laughs> Shreveport is just a bad name for a place. Shreveport. Uh, then the Birmingham Barracudas. What happened to this? Those are this. They just I don't think it, it just didn't work. Never they're this, on, they're right? the Canadian Football League. Also the Memphis Mad Dogs, and the San Antonio Texans. Which now there's a team called the Houston Texans. That's hilarious. It seems like more than one team had had like baby blue as their primary color, which is fantastic. But yeah, this well. this is just a, a little bit of a you know a little bit of a, a history lesson in the CFL. And Joe, unfortunately, you you are the loser of the podcast today. But this was oh, your man. very first edition of What Does Joe Know? Very good. Eventually, we'll get some like chants going, and there'll be a whole thing. <laughs> you know, it'll be great. But, uh, you know, why don't we just, you know, without further ado, as I like to say on this podcast, why don't we just jump into the main part of the podcast here? All right, jumping right into the next installment of my top five series. I'm realizing now I didn't say it at any point in this podcast before this point that I'm continuing the top five series. And today we're going over the top five tight ends in the NFL the top five tight ends in the NFL. Um, yo, why don't we just jump straight into number five? Coming in at number five, we have Zach Ertz with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he's a he's 29 years old. He's spent, uh, I believe, seven years uh, in the NFL now. Uh, he's he's been consistent every single year. Last year he was a Pro Bowler. He's a multiple time. Pro Bowl, a three-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. Uh, his stats last year, he had 88 receptions, which was third best among tight ends, 916 yards receiving, which was fourth best among tight ends. And he had six receiving touchdowns, which was tied for fourth best. He had 10.4 yards per catch. And to me, this guy, the reason I have Zach Ertz on the list is he's Mr. Consistency. He's not going to blow you out of the water. He's he's a guy who, who who's just gonna be consistent every single year. I mean, he's got 800 uh, plus receiving yards in five straight seasons, which is which is incredible for a tight end. Which is I mean, it's it's so efficient uh, for the tight end position. And he's just year in and year out. He he's not flashy, but he gets the job done. He has tremendous chemistry with Carson Wentz, the quarterback there in Philadelphia. Since Carson Wentz has come to the NFL. Um, Zach Ertz has had his best seasons. Last year, he had 1,000 yards uh, receiving and 116 receptions with eight touchdowns, which is by far 
the best season he's had in his career. And I don't see this guy slowing down. I know he's getting a little bit older. He's getting uh, into his 30s almost. Uh, but to me, he, he's a guy who who is consistent. He will continue to be consistent. He's a big part of that offense. He's the, he's really the number one target on that offense. And he's really a, a change of pace guy on that offense because that offense is mostly full of small, speedy receivers. And, uh, you know, f- to have a tight end like that, an elite level tight end, come in there and change up the pace when you have guys streaking down the field constantly and then you hit the defense with – uh, with a shorter route to Zach Ertz, and you can completely blow up, uh, blow up a drive with having Zach Ertz, you know, blow off a huge um, reception. So for me, Zach Ertz makes it in my top five. I think that he's very much deserving of it. He continues to get slept on by a lot of people, but I'm not sleeping on him. But you know who is sleeping on him? Um, his wife. <laughs> Who's? <laughs> I was going somewhere with this. Uh, I'm trying to give a fun fact for every single one of these yeah. one of these players. His wife, who is sleeping on him, I assume, okay. is is Ju is Julie Johnston. Now she's Julie Arts, but she's actually mm. a soccer player, a professional soccer player. That would be so yeah. cool. Power couple. How, how cr- yeah, power, power couple absolutely. Over, power couple. Imagine over. having two people in a marriage, professional athletes. Wow. And I've never had a single person I know even sniff a professional. Athletic league. It's kind of like Ever. Uh, Serena Williams being mm. married to the guy who owns Reddit. <laughs> yeah, it's another powered. Yeah. Like, imagine what their kid Big is going to be like. Couple. Wow, athletically, goodness gracious. But that's Zach Ertz, my number five tight end for the 2020 NFL season. Coming in at number four on my top five tight ends list. It is Mark Andrews, a name that you might not have heard of uh, until last year, really. He broke out. Fun fact about Mark Andrews, he actually has type 1 diabetes. <laughs> not so much not so much a fun fact as it sucks for him to have. But yeah, he's he's got type 1 diabetes, which I believe is the worst diabetes out of the two. Is there two types of diabetes? I believe so, but he has it. Uh, I think I saw something where he has to prick himself like 30 yeah. times a game. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I'm over-exaggerating. He's losing blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Good for yeah. him. I mean, he's completely dominant. He's number four tight end on my list with type 1 diabetes. While being a type 1 diabetic, he was a, a pro bowler last year. Um, he really broke out last year with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he had an 88.5 grade uh, by pro football focus, which was the second best grade among tight ends. Uh, he had 64 receptions. So a little bit less than Zach Ertz, uh, which it was good good enough for seventh among tight ends. He had 852 yards receiving, which was fifth best for tight ends. And he had 10 touchdowns receiving, which was the best for all tight ends in the NFL. I mean, a guy who really came out of nowhere uh, and had a dominant, dominant season last year with the Baltimore Ravens was, was the number one receiver on that Baltimore Ravens offense that was so dominant during the regular season with Lamar Jackson. He also had 13.3 yards per catch last year, which was number one among tight ends with a minimum of 50 receptions. Mark Andrews, to me, uh, I really like the potential with this guy. He's a young, uh, young player with tons of potential. Um, He's in a tight end uh, friendly offense with Lamar Jackson, who maybe is not refined as a thrower. Uh, as much as he as he maybe will be in the future of his career. But right now, he can be sort of that safety blanket for a Lamar Jackson and continue to, to really rack up receptions and be a, a huge part 
of that offense. He's a he's a big time uh, slot receiver. He's he's a glorified big slot receiver. He takes most of his snaps from the slot at the tight end position. Um, we saw Hayden Hurst this year, uh, this offseason, get shipped off to Atlanta. So you know that's going to give him more opportunities to get receptions uh, as you have some of his competition there at the tight end position moving out. And, and to me, he's just a great overall, overall uh, all-around player. Uh, he, he's tremendous receiving the ball. And he's, he's really a, a really good blocker. He's got an 87.8 uh, receiving grade, which is fourth best. Uh, in the NFL, while also having a a 66.5 blocking grade at the tight end position, which is number 12 among tight ends. So he's just really, really solid at everything that he does. And I expect him to get a lot better uh, during the 2020, uh, 2021 NFL season. And um, I think in an offense where, you know, you might have a plethora of receivers, they have some talent. Marquise Brown has a lot of potential. I really like what he could do if he can stay healthy. But I think, you know, a team lacking uh, quite a bit of a receiver talent could really use a guy like Mark Andrews. And I think he's going to have another big time year, another Pro Bowl, potentially an all pro year coming up. And that's why I've, I have him ranked as my number four tight end for the 2020 NFL season. Next up, my number three tight end for the 2020 NFL season is Darren Waller, the tight end from the Las Vegas Raiders. They're now the Las Vegas Raiders, still weird to say. And fun fact about Darren Waller, he's actually the great-grandson of jazz legend Fats Waller. Yes, Fats Waller. So if you're a big fan of jazz and you're listening to the podcast, Darren Waller is the great-grandson of Fats Waller. Uh, and he, he's another guy who had a, a breakout season during the 2019 season. He had 90 receptions, which was second best among tight ends. Uh, 1,145 yards receiving, also second best among tight ends. He had three touchdowns and 12.7 yards per catch, which was second uh, with a minimum of 50 receptions among tight ends. This is another guy. He came out of nowhere we saw things about him on hard knocks this year uh when when he was on there with the with the then oakland raiders now the las vegas raiders we saw him as sort of a darling character on hard knocks but we we, i don't think anybody expected him to really come out and do what he did last year another guy who was the number one receiver on that offense by far the next closest receiver uh, uh next to him had 49 receptions where Darren Waller had 90 receptions this last season. So it wasn't even close. Darren Waller was the number one option on this team. He's a freak, freak athlete at the tight end position. I mean, he's during his combine, he ran a 4-4-6, 40-yard dash, which if he, that, if he ran that this year, so that was in 2015. If he ran that this year during the combine, that would have by far been the best, uh, best number for a tight end. Uh, the next closest would have been Albert Okwabunum, who ran a 4.66. So he ran a 4.46 at that point. And coming into the league, he was actually a wide receiver, which may account for him running a faster 40-yard dash. Obviously, he's put on weight to be a tight end. But he came into the league as a receiver, had a ton of off-the-field issues, was constantly suspended. Uh, he, He could not stick with the Baltimore Ravens. 
And and the the Raiders ended up signing him, and he becomes a huge part of that offense. This is another offense that that relies heavily on the tight end. You're gonna see a lot of two tight end sets with with him and Jason Witten, who they signed this last uh, off season. And I, you know, some people might say maybe Jason Witten comes in there and takes snaps away. I absolutely disagree. I think it would be absurd to have Jason Witten come in there and take anything away from Darren Waller. Darren Waller, to me, has way more potential at this point in his career. Obviously, Jason Witten, tremendous tight end throughout his career. He's old now. Darren Waller is the better option. But I think it's good to have Jason Witten in there to, to mentor Darren Waller. And I think that could make him better, give him some tips. Jason Witten, like we said, one of the best tight ends we've ever seen. Maybe he can come in there and be a mentor and make Darren Waller even better. And we saw uh, during the draft... The, the Las Vegas Raiders go out and grab Henry Ruggs III in the first round of the draft. And some people might say that could also take away from his production uh, this upcoming season. But I again, I, I would like to disagree with that. Because when you have a guy like Henry Ruggs, a guy who can stretch the field, probably one of the fastest players in the NFL, um, that, that makes things easier on a guy like Darren Waller, where you might have him last year being the number one option as far as receiving goes on this team. Now you have somebody who's able to stretch the field, to uh, sort of bring a safety over to help on him. And that's less uh, safety help on the tight end position, which could mean more production for Darren Waller. And I'm really excited for the future of Darren Waller in this offense and in the NFL. Obviously, a few episodes ago, I had him as my uh, as one of my stars, one of my sleeper stars this upcoming year, somebody that could go from being a star to a superstar. And I think he has that ability and he has that potential this upcoming season. Coming in at number two on my tight ends list for the 2020 NFL season is Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And fun fact, about Travis Kelsey that a lot of you probably know. His brother, Jason Kelsey, is a center for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's also a Super Bowl champion. And yet, still, I don't know a single person that's even come close to being in the NFL, and these people just have their families uh, in the NFL with them. It's crazy. Another football family, but Travis Kelsey, uh, he's 30 years old now. He's getting up there in age, but uh, he he was a pro bowler as well last year. Um, and obviously he won the Super Bowl this last year, played well throughout the playoffs, uh, was another guy where he's the number one receiver on the team, despite all the talent that this Kansas City Chiefs offense has. Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hartman, Sammy Watkins, all that talent, Damian Williams. He was the number one receiver by far last season. So he had 97 catches, which was the most by any tight end in the NFL last year. The next closest was on the team was Tyree Kill with 58 receptions. So not even close as far as receptions goes and as far as targets goes. He had 1,229 yards receiving in 2019, which was also number one as far as tight ends go. And he had five touchdowns and 12.7 yards per catch. And this is another guy, I mean, you look at his stats throughout the last few years. I, I mean, he has been consistently great year in and year out, all pro talent. Uh, obviously a Pro Bowl, ta- Pro Bowl talent. I mean, he's been, you could argue uh, that he, over the past few years, has been just as good, if not better, as Rob Gronkowski when Gronk was in the NFL. And Gronk 
spoiler alert, people, Gronk did not make my list. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, might expect Gronk to be on the list, but come on, he missed a year of football. I don't expect him to to be the number one option on that team with all the talent they have. So Gronkowski did not make my make my list, but a little fun fact I found out uh, found out about Rob Gronkowski as I was looking up some stuff on him this week. If you go on Pro Football uh, Pro Football Reference, you look up his name. His name is Robert Paxton Gronkowski. But if you go anywhere else, his middle name is James, I believe. So which one is it? Which one's his middle name? Robert Paxton or Robert James? Is Paxton maybe like an abbreviated last name? Like when people's parents get separated and you take both the last names? Or when you get remarried and you take two last names? These are good questions. I didn't do that much research. That's that's a very good question. Anyways, going back to Travis Kelsey... I mean, the guy has been completely dominant for years now. You look at his numbers going all the way back to 2016. In 2016, he had 85 receptions for 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. Then 2017, 83 receptions for 1,038 yards and eight touchdowns. And then 2018, the year before last, he had 103 receptions for 1,336 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, year in and year out, he is consistently, consistently good. He's had 1,000, at least 1,000 yards receiving in the last four seasons, which is crazy for a tight end. I mean, to have a tight end go over 1,000 yards one season is tremendous. We talked earlier about, about Zach Ertz getting over 800 yards for, for years in a row. And to have Travis Kelsey go over 1,000 yards for four straight seasons is, is tremendous. And he, you could make a good case for Travis Kelsey being the number one guy on this list. And I would have no qualms with him being the number one on any other list. I think he's very deserving of being at the top. I think he is a very tremendous, tremendous talent at the tight end position. But to me, the one thing that sets him apart is the blocking. He's not a tremendous blocker. I mean, he's not terrible. He's not terrible. He's not one of the worst, not even the worst on this list, really. But the guy that's next, the guy that's at number one, is to me the most overall dominant player at the tight end position. Coming in at number one, and to me, this was no question, my number one tight end going into the 2020 NFL season is George Kittle, the tight end for the Super Bowl runner-up, San Francisco 49ers. Crazy, my top two tight ends played against each other in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, George Kittle, 26 years old. Last year, he was a first-team All-Pro. He was a 2019 Pro Bowler. He was a he was the number one ranked tight end by Pro Football by Pro Football Focus, uh, with a 94.4 overall grade. In his 2019 stats, he had 85 receptions for 1,053 yards, five touchdowns, 12.4 yards per catch, in 14 games. Only 14 games. So you gotta assume that he would have been the league leader as far as tight ends go in receiving yards if he had played those other two games. Uh, and then you go back to 2018 when he did play 16 games. He had 88 receptions for 1,377 yards, five touchdowns, and 15.6 yards per catch. I mean, the guy has really developed into one of the best young players, players in general, not just tight ends, but best young players in the NFL. I mean, he is the heart and soul of that San Francisco 49ers team. Uh, a lot of teams look towards their quarterback to be sort of that leader, sort of that that guy that sets the tone. But to me, that is George Kittle 
And fun fact about George Kittle, little fun fact, when he's at the Combine, the NFL Combine, the artist that he listened to, to pump himself up, he listened to one artist. Joe, can you predict what artist he listened to 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 pump himself up for the NFL Combine? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Good guess. Good guess. But once again, you're the loser of the podcast. Double loser. Double loser. You want another guess? I'll give you another double or nothing. Give me a genre and I bet you'll get it. Give you give you a genre? Yeah. Pop. Justin Bieber. Ooh. You were thinking the wrong gender. Oh, Ariana Grande. Oh no, you're thinking the wrong race. We're gonna bring race into this. Yeah. Absolutely we're gonna bring race Um, into this. Nicki Minaj. No, Ninky Minjaj. Nicki Minjaj. Not Ninky Minjaj. <laughs> no, I'll give you one more guess. Um, Beyonce. No. What? I know. Really? Really? It, really? Really? It was Rihanna. Rihanna and Beyonce are kind of like. Yeah, like the queens of. Queens of, yeah. Female pop. Singers. I would personally say that. Beyonce is much better, and it's not even close. Well, it's just my opinion. It's my opinion. Hard to. It's my opinion. I think Rihanna's overrated. You can keep your opinion. Well. And I'll keep mine. Also, Taylor Swift is overrated. I've always said that, and I'll continue to say that. Yep. Don't understand Taylor Swift. Yep. It's not even a thing where it's like, it's not even a thing where it's like, oh, you're a dude and you listen to Taylor Swift. No, you can be a dude and listen to girl singers. That's fine. But Taylor Swift is not good. She doesn't make good music. You know, listen to Beyonce or something. Beyonce is tremendous. Taylor Swift makes pop music that's bad. But uh, anyways, George Kittle, to get himself hyped up, would listen to Rihanna and only Rihanna. So good for him. I can totally understand that. Rihanna has really? better pump-up music than, really? than, than Beyonce. Yeah. Like what kind of a song? Uh, B-Word, Better Have My Money. Oh, B-Word, Better Have My Money. Yes. Very good. That's a good song. I was thinking of Rude Boy. <laughs> No. Rude boy for a potential pump up song. <laughs> you, you know, I'm yeah, trying to think of okay. any other Rihanna song. I don't, um, was that one with Eminem? Uh, set this house monster. on fire. Mo- no, what is that what it is? I'm friends with the monster inside. Oh, no, but this is a different yeah. one. It's like the one where it's like gonna stand there and watch me burn, but that's all right because yeah. of the. The way, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. love the way you lie. Love the way you lie. There you go. That one. Yeah. Not my idea of a pop-up song, but George Kittle certainly thought so. He also, to me, is the number one tight end, and it's not even close. Pro football focus, I guess it is close. Sorry, that was rude to Travis Kelsey. I did just say Travis Kelsey deserves number one spot. It is close. I think Travis Kelsey and George Kittle sort of separate themselves from the top of the pack. But to me, the fact that George Kittle is also not only the best receiving tight end in the NFL – uh, but he is also the one of the best blocking tight ends. So he had a number one, the number one receiving grade among tight ends by Pro Football Focus with a 94.3. Meanwhile, he also had the number three overall blocking rating but through all tight ends with a 78.2. So he's an incredible, incredible blocker. He's an incredibly reliable receiver with a 79.4 catch percentage, which is really good, really up there for a tight end. And to me, George Kittle... Uh, Joe, I think you'd like George Kittle. You should look him up. Have you? Are you? Are you looking him up? Or he's? He, I can't. I think he's a. I think he's a redneck. I can't really tell. He's sort of got like a mullet going on. 
I think he's right up your alley. He's he's into like wrestling and weird. I mean, I don't know. You're not into, I'm wrestling. Not into wrestling. I know you're not into all. wrestling. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm. I just think he's a likable guy, and people would like him. And you know, George Kittle's he's he's a fun, yeah. fun, crazy guy. He's got like an uh, undercut. An yeah. undercut. Long hair. He's sort of a you know a pretty greasy looking guy, but oh, he's yeah. can really really play tight end. He's a tremendous tight end, and that's why he's the number one tight end for me. Heading into the 2020 NFL season. That basically wraps up our show this week. I hope you guys enjoyed a little bit more banter, a little bit more football talk. Um, if you're listening to this show, wherever you're listening to this show, uh, where you can rate, subscribe, and download, please do that. Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, follow us again on uh, Instagram and Twitter at underscore Average Joe Show. Continue to tune back every Tuesday for another episode, and we will... Catch you guys on the next one.